we hear wonderful, beautiful words in the first reading from the prophet Ezekiel. As the Lord said to his people back in the 500s B.C., O my people, I will open your graves and have you rise from them, and you will know that I am the Lord. Now at the time, the primary message of this would have been an analogy, using this as an image, an image of rising from the dead, as a prophecy, a promise, that he would actually bring them back from exile in Babylon to their land. But if that was its primary meaning, surely it was a promise of more than that. Surely this vivid imagery, as the people heard it, began to realize that something more was being promised. Indeed, he was promising that one day he would overcome death. He was promising that he would make the dead to rise. Indeed, he was. And indeed, in this reading from the Gospel, we hear one of those instances in the Gospels where our Lord Jesus raises someone who was dead back to life. Now, in so doing, this wasn't even the complete fulfillment of that promise. Because when our Lord Jesus did this during his earthly ministry, he was simply raising back to this earthly life. Lazarus and the others we raised resumed their normal life and one day would die again. But this was a sign of something far greater that he would do, something that he will do on the last day when he raises each of us and raises us not back to this earthly life, but to the life of the resurrection, a transformed life in which we will no longer be able to suffer or die, but will be strong and beautiful beyond anything that we are now. Indeed, we'll live in the new heavens and the new earth. His raising of the dead in the Gospels is a sign of this far greater resurrection that he wishes to bring us into. Now, this reading is one of those, like last week's, in which the miracle is, happens, but it's not even the point of the drama, in a sense. Last week, the reading began when he healed the man who had been born blind. Then the real drama of the story begins, as there's this continued discussion and debate between that man and the Jewish leaders, and we watch the drama of who's going to see with their heart and their mind who's going to become more and more blind. In this, as well, it ends when our Lord raises Lazarus from the dead. But prior to that, we see the drama going. This time it's a drama as our Lord Jesus is trying to draw faith out of one person after another and actually not succeeding. No one manages to believe in him until he actually accomplishes it. And so it's good to go back to the beginning and watch this back and forth. For we know that he raised, Jesus, that he raised Lazarus from the dead. But of course, that's not where the story begins. The story begins with Lazarus being seriously sick. And Mary and Martha, his sisters, knowing Jesus, all three of them knowing Jesus, knowing his love for them, knowing his healing power, have a very specific and understandable request. Lord, the one you love is ill. Come and heal him. Very specific request they are making of him. And they have confidence that he will come out of his love and he will heal him in his power. And he doesn't do it. He doesn't come. He doesn't do this thing he should have wanted to do. He doesn't do this thing that he was able to do. And Lazarus dies and is buried. And so, 
for Mary and Martha in that moment, they not only have the grief of losing their brother, but they have the great disappointment, even anguish, in the fact that their friend Jesus did not do this thing that they had asked of him. And surely they couldn't make any sense out of it and were extremely upset. And sure enough, the first word out of both their mouths when they meet Jesus is, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Words of grief, words of accusation. Why did he not do what they asked? This from their perspective. And from our Lord's perspective, we heard how when he heard this news, because he loved them, it says, so he delayed another two days. He explains to his disciples, this is so that his disciples may believe. But he had a purpose for Mary and Martha and Lazarus as well even though the three of them, especially the two sisters, could not possibly guess what it would be. And so he comes, four days after Lazarus' body has already been in the tomb. And he meets each of them. And we've seen Mary and Martha before, and they're acting just as we have seen them before. Mary, the one who sat at Jesus' feet, is so upset that she won't even come out to meet him, because she's all emotion. Martha, the one who kept working to prepare the meal and wanted Mary to help her and wanted Jesus to tell Mary to help her, is still being the active and controlling one. So she goes out to meet him. And Jesus tries to draw faith out of her. And she makes these statements of faith that are usually quoted as examples of great faith. And they are. Because she makes affirmations of beliefs in the resurrection on the last day and of Jesus as the Christ. But she's making these also as a way of limiting. Jesus is trying to draw her forward. We can, we can, she's, he's looking for an open-ended affirmation of faith in him, and she's not giving it. She's telling him what she knows, which is great. He wants to draw her further. She won't go further. And then comes Mary. Mary, who all should have been open-ended, and instead is simply stuck in her sadness and her grief. And so understandably, he is perturbed. But then he demonstrates what he has not been able to draw out of them in advance. He's not been able to gain from them any of, any of them this belief that he can raise Lazarus right then. But then he does. He does something they could not possibly imagine. They knew that God would give him anything he asked. They knew he could heal him from a great sickness. They did not know that he could raise the dead. They did not know that when they asked for something and he did not give it to them, it was because he had something even better in mind. And that he was going to give them an even more glorious gift than they had expected when he conquered death itself and brought Lazarus back to life. But it seems they learned the lesson because a little later in John, we see that he is back in Bethany, eating with Lazarus, Martha serving, and Mary comes in and anoints and washes his feet in a great act of love and faith. 
voice. Surely she is saying, Lord, now I understand. Now I believe. Now I trust open-endedly in you. I hope that not long after that, when our Lord himself was the one who had been crucified and the one whose body was in the tomb, that she was ready to keep believing. That even though she couldn't see what was coming, that her faith had been strengthened and built to the place where even when he was the one in the tomb, she could believe that something amazing was coming. And it was. So it was in that Holy Week, which we will soon celebrate. And so it can be for each of us. There are times when we will ask the Lord to do something for us, something he can do, something he should want to do, when he doesn't do it. And in the face of that closed door, how are we to respond? Let us look upon the example of Mary and Martha and Lazarus and respond from their example in open-ended trust that even at that point of it looking darkest, even in the face of the closed door, to know that our Lord's power is even greater than we know, that his love is even greater than we know, and that he has something even better than what we asked for to give us. We don't see it yet, but we will soon. He will give us this blessing in love in this life. And one day, he will raise us to life and the resurrection, to experience his blessing forever in the new heavens and the new earth.